My name is Bill Rice. I'm not going to be teaching today. We've got a much better teacher, a professional teacher that's going to be joining us, Troy Matthews, uh, who speaks for a little on occasion. So he's going to come shortly, but I'm going to just get the class started off. So we'll just go ahead and read our verse together. If you can read along with me, it's 1 John 1, 7. If we walk in the light, as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Good to be back. Hey, uh, I, just, I love reading. In fact, you know what? You, you, you kind of started where I'm kind of, not really starting, but you're pretty close. I love some of these old stories and the nuggets that I miss. Would you agree with me? Look at the, look at the uh, let's, let's talk about the, the news, right? Sometimes the headlines isn't the real news or isn't the most important part of the news. Now, I'm not getting political and I'm not talking about fake news, I'm not talking about that kind of stuff. I'm just saying that sometimes the, the headline isn't necessarily the real issue or the real news. Sometimes we miss what we really need to get. We miss it. If you get anything out today, here's the point. I'll come back to it right in a minute. Is don't miss it. Because it's easy sometimes to miss what's really important. You know what I heard Bill say, say this morning? Girth is good. It's <laughs> <laughs> all I needed to hear this morning. Girth is good. Now, was that really the point? No. But see, what can happen is we hear what we want to hear, we see what we want to see, right? Or sometimes, and that can be good and bad, right? But sometimes we miss it. We miss it. I was talking to, uh, to Bill and Julie before class this morning, and for those of you who don't know who I am, um, tw about oh, tw almost 20... I mean, this coming July would be 22 years ago. Lou Wider hired me. You can blame him. <laughs> and he's been one of my best friends ever since. Um, so I'm a professor at Liberty. And I was talking to Julie and Bill. It's like, it's a great gig in, in some ways. Okay, I'm going to tell you that there's some, you know, the little teachers and professors get summers off. The last few summers, I haven't. I've been working all summer. I'm not sure I was getting paid for it, but I was working. But this summer, I'm like, yes. Yes. I played golf four times last week. Yes. <laughs> I didn't play well, but I played. Um, but I, I've got a little bit, I'm not, okay, I don't want you to, you know, I've got a little bit more time than I'm used to having. So I decided to do something that was a little odd for me. Um, I've got this computer, this program on my computer, and you can put all these words in, and it makes word searches. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Those word searches, and you're going to try to find the word in this maze of letters, you circle it, some of them go backwards and up and down and diagonal. Okay, so I've got this computer program, and, and you can you can take and you can um, you can put all these words in, and it turns it into a word search for you. Oh, that's pretty cool. So for some reason, I started thinking, you know what I'm going to do? 
I'm going to put together an adult, not adult in the bad sense, but a word search through every book of the Bible. Right? There's 66 books in the Bible. 36 in the Old Testament, 27. I'm going to put together a word search for every book of the Bible. I'm sorry, right here. Here's the theme of the book. Here's a great verse, a theme verse of the book. And here's a word search. And you can kind of, and I, so I'm trying to get major words from that book. So I feel like comes. So what I've been doing was, so the last two weeks, uh, I started with Genesis, right? Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, and I'm kind of going through every book, and I'm trying to find 25, at least 25 to 30 key words. It was interesting. Till I got to Chronicles. <laughs> right? Now, you know there was the Bible, because you got those books of history. You got Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Then you go into the books of history. Joshua, Judges, Ruth. Great story, right? First Samuel, Second Samuel, mm-hmm. First Kings, Second Kings, mm-hmm. First Chronicles, Second Chronicles, which basically is like the Chronicle. It's the newspaper. It's the headlines. It's restating what we just read. First Samuel, Second Samuel, First Kings, Second Kings. So I'm looking through First Chronicles. This was last. This was earlier this week. First Chronicles, <clears throat> chapter one. You can turn to First Chronicles, by the way, because that's where we're coming from. First Chronicles chapter one. It starts with first word, Adam, Seth, Enosh, Kenon. Can't pronounce his name. Jared, Hanok, Methuselah, Lamech, Noah, Sham, Ham, Japheth. It starts by giving us this, this basically the, the descendants of chapter two. These are the sons of Israel. <laughs> and it just keeps going. Chapter 3. Chapter 4. But you know what? I almost missed it. I almost missed it. Because right in the middle of this, and I'm not, I understand these genealogies are important, they're there for a reason. But right in the middle of this, it's like God stops and says, OPS, by the way, you saw the headline, the descendants of. Look at 1 Chronicles chapter 4. We can start anywhere we want to. Verse, verse 5, verse 6. And Merah bore Hazem and Hefer, how do I have that name? And Temeni and Hajatari, these were the sons of Merah. And the sons of Helah were Zareth and Jerem and Ethnam. And Cuz beget Anah. Why did Cuz beget Anah? Just because. <laughs> Thank you very much. That's what I was, I was drawn to that point. And Zippo, and the families of Aharel and the son of Haram. Verse 9. And Jabez, hang on, there's something here. And Jabez was more honorable than his brethren. And his mother called his name Jabez, saying, because I bore him with sorrow. That's a tough name. 
And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed, enlarge my coast, and that my, thy hand might be with me, and that thou wouldest keep me from evil, that it may not grieve me. And God granted him that which he requested. And Jalob, the brother of Shea, begat Mehur, which was the father of Eshton. And we go right back into those genealogies again, those descendants again. Right in the middle, there must be something here. Because God, in, 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 or the writer, but through the inspiration of, of Scripture, the Holy Spirit, stops and says, let me tell you about Jabez. You see, sometimes if we're not careful, we see the headlines and we miss what we really need to see. You see those commercials? See those, uh, that, those um, Allstate commercials? The guy named Mayhem, right? You see the one where the, he's over here and he's got like a selfie camera and light and he's doing, he's dancing? Okay, I would stop traffic, right? He's dancing like this and this guy, he's driving down the road and, he, and he, he's like, what in the world? Boom, he runs in the back of the truck, right? Mayhem. See, sometimes, sometimes we see the mayhem but we miss the master. If you get nothing out of today, that's what I want you to remember. I'm going to come back to that at the very end. Could I tell you that this world is really messed up? I almost don't want to turn the TV on. Watch the news, read the, the paper, because this world is messed up. We see the mayhem, but let's never forget, make sure you see the master. Amen. I want you to know what Jabez says, it says about Jabez here. And I'm going to try to give you a couple points quickly. The first thing we notice about Jabez is that he requested the blessing of God. Jabez was more honorable than his brethren, and his mother called his name Jabez, which means I was more with, I bore him with sorrow, with pain. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed and enlarge my coast. He requested the blessing of God. Sometimes we get so caught up in what we're doing in ourselves. Sometimes I get caught up. Do we request the blessing of God? The thing I love about Jabez was, and this is what I wrote, Jabez brings for all the blessing, Jabez longs for all the blessing that God would give him. I've, told, I've shared parts of this class before, I've shared parts of my personal testimony, growing up a preacher's kid, missionary's kid in Australia, all that kind of stuff. And, 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 and I, I, I got to that place, and we'll come to it in a minute, but I got to that place in my Christian life where I was kind of like going through all the motions, but really was, you know, like Church of Ephesus had left my first love. Until I met Colin, okay, this brand new Christian, but he, he couldn't get enough of God, right? Jabez was that kind of guy. Jabez, the first thing we notice, he requested the blessing of God. 
God, I want everything you can give me. Enlarge my coast. See, I may have included Laban. He, he requested the blessing of God. Some may be, some may plot along undisturbed by road, but not Jabez. Some may be content in a spiritual rut, but not Jabez. He wanted as much of the blessing of God that he could get. Sometimes it feels like we almost have to be enticed just to go to church. I know I'm singing to the choir. Right? Like we're doing God a big favor. Jabez wasn't that guy. Jabez was requesting the blessings of God. He wanted everything that God would give him. I think sometimes, even as Christians, I'm talking to Christians, sometimes it's like, God, if we're not careful, our, our Christian life becomes almost an inconvenience. I'm not Jabez. All of a sudden, right in the midst of all these people who beget so-and-so, and beget so-and-so, and beget so-and-so, and then we find, but Jabez. Jabez requested the blessing of God. The second thing is, he required the presence of God. He says here, Jabez says, Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed and enlarge my coast, that thy hand might be with me. That your hand would be with me. He requests the presence of God. The hand of God that gives. The hand of God that guards. Remember back in the day before we had seatbelts? Say <laughs> what? I remember those days. Well, we had black belts sometimes. Sometimes, but I remember we'd come to a stop, right? And my dad or mom or whoever they'd be driving along, and we come like they go like this, and they go, right? The hand of God. Okay, pick up light. Right? You're walking up to a street. The hand of God that gives, the hand of God that guards, and the hand of God that guides. We all love that verse in Proverbs, don't we? Trust the Lord with all your heart. Lean on in your own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he will what? Direct your paths. You see, sometimes I, 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 I find myself like, Hey, when it comes to my salvation, whew, thank you, God. But when it comes to the other aspects of my life, oh, I've got that. I've got that. He requested the, the blessing of God. He required the presence of God. Jabez knew he needed and he also wanted God in his life. Well, sometimes there's a difference, isn't there? He knew that he needed God, and he wanted God in his life. It's no surprise that oftentimes the, the Bible describes us as what? Children. As children. Children who need the, the protection and the provision of, of, their, of their parents. 
Do I? We all know we need God. But I don't always act like it. You know, we see the mayhem of this world. All kinds of people putting up all kinds of answers. I got some opinions too. But I wonder if we're going to God for answers. I have this little thing I try to do. Sometimes I'm successful. Sometimes I'm not. I got this thing I share with my students. Um, before you criticize somebody, pray for them twice. Before you criticize them once, pray for them twice. Before you say that harsh word once, pray for them twice. I, a lot of people that live about three and a half hours north of us. Can I say Washington, <laughs> Washington D.C.? That I have got a lot of criticism for. But have I prayed for him? Let me tell you something. The world's in a mess, and it's not going to be fixed by Washington, D.C. The only mess, the mess that we are in can be fixed by Christ alone through his church. And guess who that is? Us. That's us. So, it required the presence of God. Thirdly, he recognized the destruction of sin and suffering. The destruction of sin. He says, Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed, enlarge my coast, and that thy hand would be with me, and that thou wouldest keep me from evil, that it may not grieve me. Now, certainly there's an aspect of this where um, he, 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 Jabez is, is very well referring to evil that others may do. Sin that others may do. And make no mistake about it. Sin is not a singular thing. Not only in the sins, plural. But sin just doesn't affect you. It affects others. The sin of others is affecting us. When we sin, when I sin, if I allow you, you heard Jonathan this morning speaking about sin. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But my sin... Obviously, it impacts my relationship with my father, Heavenly Father, but it impacts who else? Well, it can impact my family, right? It can impact the people I work with, right? Jabez says, look, keep me from evil. Certainly from the evil that could be placed upon him. But I think also we could look at that and say, see that Jabez recognized the dangers and the destructions of sin. Jabez recognized the old quote is that all of our gains can be losses if we don't remain pure. This morning, Jonathan was speaking about what? Walk in the light as he is in the light. Why? Because we're living in spiritual darkness. 
That's why in Matthew chapter 5, Jesus said, let your what? Let your light. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Why did he say that? See, because if he was under, if we lived under studio lights and you turned on that little flashlight, don't make no difference. That can't even kill things on them. Oh, but when you're in darkness, huh. I typically go to, I am typically, uh, because of work schedules, okay, my wife goes to bed before I do. I come upstairs and I walk down the hallway and I pull up my cell phone and I don't turn the flashlight because that's really bright. All I do is turn on the screen. It's not very bright. But in darkness it is. And I walk like this, so as not to what? Stub my toe! I lose all my spirituality and wake my wife up in the process. Right? It's not very bright in here. It's not even on. It's not very bright in here, but in the darkness it shines brightly. The dangers and the destruction of sin. You see, David learned that lesson too, didn't he? A bit late. Repented, we have a great Psalm 51, yes. Why? Mm. Lots of great Old Testament story, isn't it? Because we see Lot going, Abraham and Lot separating, and it says, and Lot cast his tents towards Sodom. And the next thing we find is Lot is actually in Sodom. To my students all the time, life is about choices. People say, oh, I would never do that. I would never do that. And then sometimes what we do is we find ourselves having done that. And I always say, and how did we get here? One step at a time. Because at times we flirt with sin. I, here's an honest confession. A couple of, about three months ago, I'm not, this isn't, this has nothing to do with what you guys do or don't do. This is what's for me. I share devotions before most of my classes. A couple of people have had my classes. I share devotion usually, you know, I'll read, hey, this is what I read this morning. I didn't spend hours, you know, exegeting it. I read this this morning, this is what God said to me, and I share it with my class. I just knew too much, we met very well. Dr. Matthews, you're, um, your devotions are the best. They, they never, they've never come up to me and said, your content is amazing. Someone says devotions. Those devotions, you want to put those on TikTok. And I thought, well, you know what? You know, maybe I could. I can go on TikTok. I can talk. And I can do a TikTok thing for like, okay. So I thought, okay. So I, I joined TikTok. This is not talking about me. I'm not talking about you. I, I joined TikTok. After about a week, I deleted it off my phone. Because I didn't need that. 
oh, there's some good stuff on there, sure. Maybe I can share a devotional there, sure. But in the process, the stuff I was seeing, I didn't need to see. And so, and I, so I deleted it. I told my class, I said, look, I got TikTok. I, I, I deleted it. I took it off my phone. I deleted it. I canceled it. Why? Because sometimes, like this, Jonathan said this morning, we want to get right to the edge, right? We, we, get, we, we, we play with it. We get right to the edge. Oh, I would never do that. Jabez recognized the dangers of sin. He says in his prayer to the Lord, he says, keep me from evil. So what applications? A couple of applications. Number one, things that we should avoid. Wisdom from the life of the prayer of Jabez. Here's some things that we should avoid. Number one, I think we should avoid satisfactions. Being satisfied. Just being satisfied with where you are. Even, even in your Christian life. Right? We look at the, the churches in Revelation chapter 3, right? Here's the way I see it. You're neither, look, you're neither hot nor cold, you're lukewarm. Satisfied. I spent many years like that in my Christian walk. I was still doing the same things. I was still going to church. I was still singing the songs. Every one of them, all the great humble hymns, except for, except for I Surrender All. I couldn't sing them. I would move my lips so that I didn't want people to know it's under conviction or anything. Right? Preach your son. I was satisfied. I wasn't hungry for God. I was almost like, hey God, you can chase me, but I ain't chasing you. Jabez wasn't satisfied. Very easy for us to get into our, even our Christian life, our Christian walk, even in, you know, and we become satisfied. Sometimes I'm satisfied just to say, I, oh, I read my two chapters today, but I didn't learn anything. I always do what I do. I'm just doing what I do. Just because I know me. I know me. I'm as ADHD as the next guy. Right? I'm easily distracted. And I can read through two chapters. And then two, uh, two hours later, you ask me what I read, and I don't know. Now, if it's a big story like David Goliath, I don't know. Right? I don't know. Before I read my Bible every morning, I, I, I take, I'm totally out of context, but I take the words of Samuel. Okay? When Samuel kept running in. Okay? And I take the words of Samuel. When Eli said Samuel, he said, the next time you say this, speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. In my own heart, I say, speak, Lord, while I serve here. And then I ask that as I read through this the morning, that God just give me one thing. Just one thing. Why? Okay, because I can remember one thing. All right? We were talking about forgetting names. I can't remember. But I can remember one thing. And so what, then I, what can I do then? Then I can meditate on it throughout the day. That's why David says, what? To, to meditate on these things day and night. It's just something that might be of interest. We become satisfied, not Jabez. He wanted the very best from God. He asked for it. Number two, we need to avoid satisfaction. We need to avoid self-reliance. Do you want God's hand on the steering wheel of your life? I remember, I remember back when, when I was younger. You don't say this much anymore. 
Um, and I do not put bumper stickers on my car. I've mentioned this before. I do not promote. I do not put bumper stickers on my car. My daughter puts them on her car. At least I'm convinced she put it on the glass and not on the paint. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm slightly, I'm slightly OCD too. I do not put, I do not put bumper stickers on my car. Now, if you put them in your car, I will pull up a little closer so I can read them. I like them on your car, just not on mine. <laughs> I am that that guy. When I bought my, I bought a two, brand new 2010 Nissan Frontier. And I said to Lynchburg Nissan, I said, now when my truck comes in, don't you put that Lynchburg Nissan stuff on my back, on my tailgate. I don't want it. I'm not your free advertisement. I don't want stickers on my car. That's just me. But there used to be this bumper sticker that said, God is my co-pilot. Remember that one? God is my co-pilot. I thought, man, that's so spiritual. That's awesome. And then someone else came up with another bumper sticker and said, if God is your co-pilot, you're in the wrong seat. <laughs> you know? And sometimes, here's what I find, okay? And I'm talking about Troy, so you, may be, you can make it join in. Sometimes we say we are going to give God our life, but we really just giving our leftovers. We need to avoid satisfaction. We need to avoid self-reliance. Um, we need to avoid sin. Nothing hinders our eternal usefulness like unconfessed sin in our lives. I remember as a kid, writing in the front of my Bible, we used to do that. Kind of hard to write in front of your iPhone. We used to write in front of the Bible, and I wrote, I'd written, not, not actually not in this one, but my older one. Vance Havner, a famous preacher, said this, sin will keep you from this book, but this book will keep you from sin. When you think of obviously Psalm 19, verse 11, by word by in my heart that I might not want sin against sin. We've seen, you know, we talk about, we, we talk about mayhem, we talk about destruction, we talk about sin. We've become very aware, not just of sin in the world, but sin in the church, I mean, over the last couple of weeks. The report that came out, if you're not aware of the Southern Baptist, then look, it's not just the Southern Baptist. Sin. We should avoid satisfaction, avoid self-reliance, avoid sin. And then lastly, I wrote, we need to avoid seeing the mayhem and miss the master. I almost missed the story of Jabez. Because it was stuck right in the middle of all this stuff. The book of Chronicles, it's kind of like a newspaper. It's the Chronicle. It's the news in advance. You see, you go through history and you think back of when The Bethlehem News in Advance. What are what the headlines were that day? But see, they missed, they missed the real story that day. Because it was just a real small print. Maybe on page three. And it said this. For unto you is born this day in the city of David. Savior. Seven years later, 
the Jerusalem Times or the Jerusalem News and Things. Talked about the high priests and what the Romans and what Pilate was doing. They may have even talked about a guy that hung on the cross and he said this, it is finished. And the headline was that he died. He said he has finished. But they missed the real story. When Jesus said it is finished, it wasn't about him dying. What was finished was the payment for your sin and my sin. That's what was finished. They missed it. Three days later, again, what does the Jerusalem use in advance say that day? I don't know. But even the disciples missed it. See, because the real story that day was, he is not here, for he is risen. See, sometimes... We see the mayhem, but we miss the master. I just want to be an encouragement, if I can. This is one messed up world. And it's just demonstrating more and more how much it needs God. As it moves further and further and further away from God, they're demonstrating how much more they need God. How much more... We need God. And that's not just for the, for, for the sinner, but the saint as well. As you see the headlines, you read the headlines, you see the mayhem, don't miss the master. He's still at work. Every, almost, almost every Sunday, almost every Sunday at this church, if not every Sunday, because I don't know all the services. I go to the first, the second one, now the first one. We see baptisms taking place, which is what? Well, it's actually a demonstration that God is still at work. Now, God's at work in other things, and we don't necessarily see them. But guess what we can see? We can see that. Sometimes I wonder what I rejoice at. Until, I don't know what I do. I, I, over, the, over the years, I've been investing money. Right? For my retirement. I'm 60 years old now. For some of you, I'm old. For some of you, I'm a young, young one. <laughs> but I've been putting money away for my retirement. Now, I'm just going to tell you. Here lately, I've been losing a lot. But then something happened like, Yes! Dude, if I scored under 80 at golf, I am rock this world. <laughs> Isn't it funny what we get excited about? And not that we should get excited about it. But I have to remind myself, what makes the angels rejoice? It's not the stock market. It's not my investments. 
definitely not my golf score. <laughs> they may laugh at that, right? It's when a sinner comes home. You see, we can see the mayhem, and there's plenty of tragedy to see, enough to break your heart. But God is still on the throne. See the mayhem, but make sure you see the master. Father, thank you for um, thank you for what you're doing in our lives. Thank you for the what you're doing through this church. And Father, as we look at our, our we, we look at the, what the, the ramifications of sin and see the world, and it's so discouraging. And Father, I pray that we would continue to keep our eyes on you. I pray that I would continue to keep my eyes on you. The mayhem around us and the darkness. May we truly focus on the light and the holiness of who and what you are. And I pray, Father, as even as, as, as Pastor Jonathan shared this morning, that, that we would seek to be the light. Walk in the light as he is in the light. That they may see not the mayhem, that they too may see the master. So, Father, we pray that you would just uh, continue to work in our lives. May, may we, may I, may my... Um, May I be sensitive to the Holy Spirit in my own life as he convicts, as he teaches, as he guides, as he leads, as he speaks in that still, small voice. Father, even this week, might we have opportunity to demonstrate and to share the love of Christ, and the light that is found in Jesus Christ alone. Amen. Hey, as I say to my class, I say this to those of you who be safe and be holy. I say to my class, every, every class that I'll end, be safe and be holy. Be safe and be holy. We'll see you next week. And um, this week, as, as mayhem surrounds you, we can be all safe virtual. Keep looking at the, keep looking at the master. God bless God. Thank you.